gonna be just like senior year, except for funner. Hey guys, I'm Kendra. Hi, I'm Resethis, and this week we're talking about a magical denim and a life-changing summer in the sisterhood of the traveling pants. Which I'm so excited for saying, but of course, yeah. we gotta kick it off with our celebrity crush of the week. Who are you crushing on this week? Literally the entire cast of The Bear. <laughs> I, I know everyone's watching it. Jeremy Allen White has been hot for years on Shameless. I know, lip forever. And now he's even hotter playing Carmi. And Marcus, played by Lionel Boyce, needs more love. He is so sweet. He spends a whole, like, multiple episodes just focusing on making a single donut. And I love him. <laughs> I recently saw this TikTok of this girl who was like, some, like, news article came out with, like, is this white boy hot? And it was just a bunch of famous <laughs> celebrities who are white guys trying to decide if they're hot. And the number one was Jeremy Allen um, White. And everyone was like, is he hot, though? In some pictures, he looks hot. And in some pictures, he looks like he, he is hot. <laughs> he is hot? He's hot in the way that, like, you know. Like, you know this guy in real life. And you're like, I trust you, even though maybe I shouldn't. But he seems really great in real life. <laughs> characters on the other hand, yeah. I'm obsessed with him and Addison. I think they're really cute. I, like, um, have some of their posts. They're just, like, a really cute couple. The way that they, like, I don't know. I feel like their love language is physical touch. Because sometimes the way that they're, like, wrapped up in each other is really cute. And I know they have two kids together. Like, <gasps> See, it makes him even better knowing that he's, like, such a family guy, too. Yeah. You're like, oh, my God. <laughs> no. Okay, I will watch the bear. I will add it to my list because you are not the first person to say that it's good. So I will. I think you'd really like it. Yeah. I mean, anything on FX yeah. I like. So I will definitely watch it. Yeah. Okay. So Tom Hanks has a son that <laughs> I didn't go. know about until like a few weeks ago. I know. I know. His name is Chet. And he is like not what I thought a son of Tom Hanks would look like. You're just now learning about Chet Hanks. I I'm just now learning. I know. I do, wait, do you know him? <laughs> yes. I'm very aware of Chet Hanks. <laughs> what, do you, what do you know about him? Tell me that. <laughs> he is just like corny. And yeah. he was doing a Jamaican accent. And even he went on Z-Way's show and still did it. And people are like, why are you doing? Like, this isn't funny. <laughs> okay. So that's the thing. I was just like, he's kind of a wankster. Like, I don't know if people still use that term, but like, he's kind of douchey. Like, he he has all yeah. these tattoos, but like, he he works out a lot. His whole IG is just like a Nike commercial. Like, all of his captions are like, "If you never push yourself to the limits, you'll never know all oh you truly want." And stuff like that. But I don't I don't know. I think he's kind of cute. And the thing is, I found out about him because a clip of him imitating the Joker went viral on Z-Way Show. Oh yeah, so that's how I discovered him. But it's so weird. I was like, I had no idea Tom Hanks had another son that wasn't Colin. Like, yeah, he is the third one named Truman, who's my age. Really? Yes. Yeah. I'm learning so much about Tom Hanks. Truman's my way into the Hanks family. And then you can marry Chet. And then we'll be Hanks. <laughs> I don't know if I want to marry Chet, but I do think he's kind of cute. I feel like I get annoyed of him really quickly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we're going to move over to the TLDR. We like to summarize the movie for anyone who hasn't seen it. Warning, there are spoilers ahead. If you have not seen The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, you can stream it on HBO Max. Take it away, Mercedes. Yes. Alexis Bledel, Amber Tamblin, America Ferreira, and Blake Lively played Lena, Tibby, Carmen, and Bridget. And these four have been best friends their whole life. 
and they're about to spend their first summer apart. Before they leave, the four discover a magical pair of jeans that perfectly fits each of them, and they decide to share the jeans equally over the summer as a way to connect them while they're apart. In Greece, Lena meets Kostas, and even though her family disapproves, she goes behind their backs to see him all summer. She falls hard for him, and her grandfather eventually gives her the approval. So that's good. So that's Lena's summer. In Mexico, Bridget catches the eye of one of her soccer camp counselors, Eric, and spends her time showing off on the field and trying to keep his attention. She ends up sleeping with him and then isolates herself because she falls into a depression afterward. When she returns home, she reflects on the loss of her mother and her experience in Mexico. Luckily, Tibby and Carmen are there to comfort her along the way. Carmen's visit to see her dad takes an immediate turn when she learns he's engaged and she'll soon have a stepmom and step-siblings. She feels forgotten and ignored as her dad rarely makes time for her and seems to care more about his new family. She hits a breaking point and returns home, but with the help of Tibby, decides to share her feelings and frustrations with her dad. Tibby, on the other hand, is working retail for the summer and filming a documentary in their hometown. She soon encounters a young girl named Bailey who refuses to leave her side and begins helping her with the film. The two bond, and Tibby learns that Bailey has leukemia. As Bailey's health turns for the worse and she passes away, Tibby decides to make a film inspired by Bailey. The four girls reunite and drive to South Carolina for Carmen's dad's wedding. Even though she's reluctant, Carmen attends wearing the magical jeans, and the four spend the night sharing their stories of the summer. Yes, this is a 2005 film based off the book of the same name written by Anne Brashares. The film was written by Delia Efron, who also did Bewitched and You've Got Mail. And she's also the sister of Nora Efron, who yes. did. Uh, written also by Elizabeth Chandler, who also did What a Girl Wants. And it was directed by Ken Quapis, who also directed He's Just Not That Into You and License to Red. To end. And I just have to say, Mercedes, I feel like this movie was kind of the start of, like, giving children cancer in rom-coms, which I oh my God. don't fully... Yes. <laughs> That no, I I'm so tired of the sick narrative, and I like this was definitely the start. That's such a good point. And then there was like the vampire zombie era, where of like loving like the undead, and then it became loving someone who's dying. I was like, what is wrong yes. with the world? Yes. <laughs> Why are we like this, Mercedes? I think we need to write our own rom com where we just kind of like make fun of like all of our tropes, all the tropes, of, all the tropes, yeah. Like, not another rom-com movie. <laughs> yeah, I love the idea of, like, having a lead who's, like, obsessed with rom-coms and tries to force the tropes into her life, but it just never goes right. <laughs> that sounds like me, actually. That really sounds like uh, Tell me some of your favorite industry facts about this movie. Oh my gosh. I think my all-time favorite is that the fact that these four leads have remained friends since filming. I love seeing their posts together when they're, and like just their support in the comments to each other on like IG and stuff. It's so sweet. And like this came out in 2005. That's a long time to stay friends with your co-stars. Yeah, seriously. But I'm happy they are also friends. I heard that they are godparents to Blake Lively's daughter. Oh, yeah. I love that. Isn't that so sweet? <laughs> so I learned that Alexis Bledel went through a, like a summer camp type of training to learn how to ride a Vespa, learn how to ride a mule, scuba dive, and she took drawing lessons. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's intense. So it's very intense because, yeah, she did all of that in this movie. Yes. Blake Lively had to learn how to play soccer, too. They were all training. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. But this was also Blake Lively's very first film. Did you know that? I didn't. But, I mean, this was a couple years before she popped off on Gossip Girl. And I mm -hmm. love seeing the trajectory of all of them. Like, this was, like, prime time for Alexis Bledel. Mm -hmm. because this was like prime Gilmore Girls and then America for a, we know she was just in Real Women Have Curves like she this was really her time this is a year before Ugly Betty oh time. wow I didn't know that oh um, yes okay so I think <laughs> we're gonna get more into this later in the episode but I think we are both fans of Costas and I oh, yeah. I saw that like 
him and Lena's relationship is a take on Romeo and Juliet with both families fighting. And I didn't think of that. And I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense, right? <laughs> also, so America Farrah almost wasn't in this movie because she wasn't interested in reading the script. And then her mom was like, please read it. You're going to love it. And then when she did, she did. She oh, loved it. Yeah. And then, do you know, Olivia Wilde almost was Bridget. And then Hilary Duff was almost Tibby. That makes sense. I could see that. It's so early 2000s. <laughs> Yeah, it really is. I could totally see that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And then the special iconic jeans were actually just a pair of Levi's. Just a pair of Levi's, man. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't end movie magic for everyone out there. I guess, I bet you could guess this. There weren't. It wasn't just one pair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised they weren't like true religion or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Seven jeans or something. <laughs> Miss me jeans. Oh, we God. are aging ourselves. <laughs> I didn't wear I didn't wear any of those. I just watched a lot of The Hills and read a lot of people's style. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> Guys, we're going to move over to time capsule. We just like to recap where we were when we first watched this movie, which I don't remember the first time that I watched this movie, but I do think I saw it in theaters. And the reason is because I was such a fan of America Ferreira during that time because she did this Disney movie called Gotta Kick It Up. Do you remember that movie? Deep Web That Forever. Yes! It is one of the best Disney Channel movies. It really yeah. is. It really mm -hmm. is. Okay, so that movie inspired me to try out for my middle school dance team. And it's funny because I didn't make it in sixth grade. I ended up being an alternate in seventh grade, which meant I only danced when someone else was sick. And then I was somehow made captain in eighth grade, even though I hadn't even like been a part of the team. I love this this arc, this upward movement for you. Right? Let's make <laughs> it make sense. Um, then I decided to dance competitively all through high school. Ended up getting second place in state for a drill for like this drill down competition, That's which is like a amazing. series of military goals. And I just feel like I have America to thank for that because if it wasn't for that movie, I would have never discovered my love for dancing as a child yes okay there's a scene in that movie where she like rubs vaseline on her teeth to make them shinier yeah. when she's dancing and i always think of that because i'm like i'm a big like vaseline for like chapstick girl yeah so anytime i'm just like wow america for put this on her teeth yeah it's to help you it's to help you remember smile i remember her doing that and i had that that says i want to watch it because i know it's on disney plus i want to watch yeah. it, I have it. Oh. that was the era of like good disney movies yes that's such a classic yeah Gosh, i loved it i don't even remember watching this for the first time but it, i probably rented it once it was on dvd yeah and this movie is such a staple for me it's like a go-to comfort movie to the point where i don't even like i can't even remember a time that it wasn't in my life because it's just always the one i reach for when i just need like a secure blanket type of movie and like these girls are my sisters i love yeah, them and in high school my dream was to share a giant pair of sweatpants that fit none of my friends like none of us and i thought it'd be so funny and my friends were like that's not funny we're not gonna do that that's too much work and i was like okay fine it never happened but i love those friends so i always think of them when i think of this and because they're basically family you know they're that yeah. type of friend group I love your friends. I love when you tell stories about your friends. It seems like you surround yourself <laughs> with really good people. So Yeah, I feel really lucky with all my friends. That's awesome. Do you remember who you had a crush on during that time? Wait, how old were okay. you, first of all? So I was nine when this movie okay. came out. It was this summer before fourth grade. Okay. And I could not for the life of me think of like my real life crush, probably a boy on my soccer team, but I was really trying to think about it. Couldn't find any proof of that. But my crushes were definitely like Princess Diaries to Chris Pine yes. and then Hayden Christensen in the Star Wars prequels. Those two <laughs> changed my life. I love the prequels and everyone wants to hate on them. I'm in love with Hayden Christensen. Sorry to say it, but that's why I love them. <laughs> I've never, I've never gotten on the Hayden Christensen train. That's like the one train I've never gotten on. I don't really? Oh my God. You need to watch Shattered Glass. <laughs> <laughs> Probably one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire life. It's Hayden Christensen and Rachel Bilson. And it's 
terrible. I know. Watch watch Shattered Glass. He's so good in it. And like he's kind of a criminal in it, but like hot and nerdy. Yes. Okay, so this movie came out when I was like 12 or, or 13. And I had a big crush my seventh grade year on this on this boy named Gabe Earl. And I will never forget him because he knew I liked him. And one day he called me. This like has scarred me forever. One day he called me and pretended like he was going to ask me out only for him to ask me for my best friend's phone number. Oh, my and God. I think I cried for like a few days. Can I just say kids in middle school are so cruel in ways that are like so creative, like so freaking creative that I'm, I'm impressed. Like the some of the things that like kids would do in middle school, I'm like, I look back and I'm like, that was really creative. I hope you're using those skills. Yeah, you're like, you traumatized me, but that is so clever. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's how I feel. It's how I feel. <laughs> I totally relate to that. There are some memories that I'm like, I bet these people don't even remember this, but it's stuck with me forever and it's yeah. haunting me. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it's time for the Rom-Com Hall of Fame. But first, we got to roast this film. And I don't know about you, Mercedes, I have a lot to say, but you go first. My one of my biggest ones is that these college boys are pursuing teen girls and I don't like it. I don't trust it. And it's tough to criticize because I love Costas. He is just everything to me. But Lena is in high school and he is in college. And then don't get me started on Eric, the soccer camp counselor. I know. He needs to stay away from Bridget. And it stresses me out so much every time he even looks at her. I know she's pursuing him, but he's legally an adult and should not act on it. I don't know. He's very early 2000s blonde to me, too. And that's just yeah. not the vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Tell me some of your roasts. Okay, okay, so oh. I feel like the relationship between Carmen and her dad is just really triggering because this whole movie just showed that in order for them to have any sort of a relationship, the effort all had to be on Carmen's part, who was yeah. the child. And I just feel like if she didn't show up at the wedding, she wouldn't have heard from him. She had to call him after she threw a rock to tell him how she feels because he didn't call her. And this just leads into my next rose, which is like, I feel like no one in this movie has good parents, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Bridget's dad just ignores her and lacks yeah. any ability to communicate. Tibby's mom uses her as a babysitter for her younger siblings, which mm -hmm. I just, you know, I remember watching a TikTok video explaining how traumatizing that is as a kid when you like, are the oldest and you're constantly having to babysit your younger siblings you're essentially like your childhood is taken away and you form like a lot of resentment against your parents and just all this stuff and like just a word to parents like your oldest kid is not meant to be a free babysitter like that's not retweet. what that's not what they're meant for and then i feel like yeah like i said carmen's dad just sucks and we don't even see lena's parents so mm -hmm. i just feel like there's just a, a lot of bad parenting that i could see them being traumatized by as they get older because all of who we are like our love languages and our thoughts and our feelings all stem from childhood traumas so yeah i just see them going down a bad road because they're i all suck yeah i absolutely hate carmen's dad no one irks me more than him in this movie he's so yeah. terrible yeah and i wish he threw more rocks through that window because he sucks and i hate him and you know what he is also the dad in get out and yeah i knew he i knew he was bad immediately because i was like i know this guy i've seen such a traveling pants i don't yes. trust him yeah. <laughs> i don't trust him on top of that too i feel like bridget is such a pick me oh my god right yeah okay good i was like is it just me like bridges is just like look at me look at me oh my gosh look at me and i'm just like you i, I think it's that time of like sadly it's that time of like being a teen where like people are looking at you and probably people who shouldn't be looking at you like adults 
Yeah. And I think she takes advantage of that because she is really trying to like fill some type of just like hole in her world because Mm -hmm. she like they talk about it. She's still grappling with grieving her mother and her mother's death. So it is all just like reactions. And I know she's a teen. So I don't want to like I don't want to like criticize her as much because I'm like, I know there's just a lot of shit going on with you. (laughs) And it's like it's all but she is the total pick me, but it's not her true self it's just like who she's trying to be or like what she's trying to fulfill for herself Ugh, you were for her you are so much kinder than i am <laughs> i just want to protect them all i'm like these girls <laughs> I, cause, I don't know like being a teen girl is never easy no matter who you are and no matter what your experiences is and none of us have had similar experiences really like no one going no one goes through the exact same experience but yeah i just want to protects these teen girls from hardship <laughs> i hear you my my last one which is completely unrelated to what we were talking about there's a when they were talking about the rules for the pants they said oh, you yeah. can't cuff the pants or tuck the shirt in and wear a belt and that's literally every single outfit that i wear and i'm just like oh, i was mortified no. when they said that i was like gosh fashion has changed so much i didn't realize that used to not be cool like that's literally every outfit that i wear it's like a tucked in shirt with a belt and like cuff pants i mean like this is like a low-rise boot cut jean like i don't know anyone who's wearing that right now maybe (laughs) like all the gen z fashion girls the e-girls on tiktok and stuff they can pull it off (laughs) oh my god that's so funny wait we're gonna say tell me your favorite quote from this movie so it's not even really specific but it's just the carmen phone call to her dad Mm -hmm. and the whole conversation it's perfect that girl is acting america for is an actor yeah it is heart-wrenching she has the snot moko's face like crying ugly tear ugly crying face i'm like this is me i yes. i love her i i love her <laughs> there you go there you go okay so the quote that i like is actually from an emotional scene when they are trying on like the bridesmaids dresses and yes. uh carmen says we can just tell everybody that carmen's puerto rican and it never occurred to you that she might be built differently or that unlike you and your daughter, she has an ass. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Acting again. Acting <laughs> again. America is the real, like, I feel like she's the stealer of this movie. Like, she's completely. And, yeah. And she's narrating it too. So I feel like that just kind of gives her more. She's like the glue of the friendship. Yeah. And I love her character. She's the most sentimental one out of all of them, especially in the second one. We know like you and I both love the second one. So I I know like in there she's like clinging to this friendship and really being like, no, we need to like really just recognize how special this is. And she's the one who really sees how special like sharing this pair of pants and like the magic of it all is. And I just... Uh-huh. I adore her. I'm such a Carmen, so. I love it. I love it. All right. So if this movie popped up on your Tinder feed, are you swiping left or are you swiping right? I'm totally swiping right. I'm obsessed with friendship stories like this. I love how well-rounded each individual story is and how we get to see them all grow and learn something about themselves that's just about them separate from the group. But they also know that like their friends are going to be there and support them throughout that and navigating any difficulty. Their friends are there for them, even if they're not nearby. And it's so special to see, especially in an early 2000s film, because there was this interesting message of like girl power within all this. Like right the year before this, we had the Cheetah Girls movie, which is like core four who were so special. And then even like Bend It Like Beckham is another like girl power movie. And then I think of like all the Mary Kate and Ashley movies as like girl power movies, too. And but then in the media, we had a lot of press pinning young, famous girls against each other. 
Yeah. And like young celebrity teens against each other. So it's the it was this like really toxic narrative of women hate each other versus like friendship. And I think this really gives an in-depth look into the dynamics of a friendship between teen girls. And it's all about like being an imperfect person just growing up. And it feels really real. It feels real to me. And even if it centers around a magical pair of pants, it feels just so authentic. They're learning about life and loving their friends. And it's just like so nice to see a range of stories. Like I said before, none of us grow up the same way. So seeing an array of experiences, mind you, it's still in like this bubble of like they're all pretty well off and whatever. But <laughs> like, yeah, like they have their own privileges, but it is special to see just like the range of experience that you get during this time of adolescence and just building bonds is so important during this time and for me this movie like blends comfort and relatability and like aspiration for younger me like I just I found qualities in all of them that I wanted to have in myself as a younger as a child watching this so I'll love it forever can I ask you what are some qualities that you admire in your friendships like the people that are closest to you oh my gosh there's so many I think support like nothing ever feels competitive with any of my friends their wins I feel like it's just a win for the world at any time. And that's how they, like, react to my wins. And they're also, like, the other day I messaged them about just, like, some insecurity I was feeling for the day. And I messaged, like, multiple people. And they all just gave me such reassuring just points and just, like, great advice and just, like, made me feel really special and heard. Yeah. And these were different friends in like different areas of my life too. So it just me like it made me just feel like I just have like such a well-rounded group of people who I support and they support me. And it just feels so I don't know. Like I love all my friendships. Even the ones that I like don't talk to all the time. I'm like, gosh, you guys are just so special. I love seeing I love seeing anytime they're like just any of their successes online and stuff. I'm just so proud. How about you? Oh, I love that. Yeah, I think I really value support in my friends, like when they are able to be there for me when I need it, just because I just had a point in my life where I just need more support. Like I I got really sick yesterday when I came home from my trip and it just made me mad that like I am the one who like always has to take care of myself when I'm sick. Like I was the one who had to like go across the street to get medicine. I had to go and like buy food and all, all of this stuff. Like I didn't have anyone there to like help me out. And I feel like when my friends are able to be there for me when I'm going through something and just like provide like lend a listening ear, it means so much to me because I can often like oftentimes I just feel very alone. And so I like when my friends remind me that like no matter what, they're going to be there for me. So I love that. I really appreciate that. Yes. <laughs> and you were just on like such a major like big like girl trip. And it was so fun to see online because I was like, oh, my gosh, all these people, they're just having so much fun. And I I love seeing, like, friend groups just, like, living it up. Yeah. And I got really lucky. So for any of the listeners who don't know, I actually just hosted my very first group trip to Bali, Indonesia, which was great. I went with 10 other girls. And my group was amazing. They were so great. They were all really cool girls. All just like really funny. We got along really well. And we were all kind of on the same wavelength too. Whenever one of us was tired, we were all tired. Whenever one of us wanted to watch it. So it was like <laughs> That's what you need. <laughs> That's what you need, exactly. Okay. So in terms of like if this possible on my Tinder feed, if it's between this movie and the second one, I'm definitely swiping left on this one and swiping right on the second oh. one because I do Whoa. I know, I know, I know, controversial. But in this movie and the first one, I love the backdrop of Greece. 
But seeing these girls' relationships with their parents is very triggering for me. But I absolutely love the second one. I hope we we do an episode on it soon. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love – I could go on and on. Everyone, go on Letterboxd and find me, Mercedes GB11, and go like my review on the second one because it's actually my most liked review on <laughs> Yeah, I think it's just because no one watches the movies. So there are few reviews. <laughs> I will definitely go to watch it. All right, guys, it's time for couples therapy. Mercedes and I just like to give relationship advice for all of the characters on how they can improve their relationship. And so I want to hear what you think, Mercedes. How do you think yeah. everyone in this movie could just do better all around? So these girls are young and a lot of them have to deal with really real life heavy experiences like loss and grief. Mm-hmm. And this movie captures a summer where they're coming into their own and grappling with a lot of deep thoughts and emotions. And I just want them to continue to grow and accept love in all forms into their lives and to communicate their needs and accept the care and support that they deserve. Mm-hmm. And also just continuing to be vulnerable and not let hurt and pain harden them and just letting themselves feel any feelings as they come. I think our go-to, especially when we're young, is to really like conceal that from the world because it feels like you're the only one feeling it. But the best thing to do is just let yourself feel it so then you can cope in a way that's a lot healthier than trying to find validation in other people or trying to run away from any of your problems. And that's such an important lesson to learn. And the younger you learn it, the better, I think. Yeah, absolutely. That was so beautifully said, Mercedes. You're so insightful. I always tell you. (laughs) I couldn't agree more. I think this is a summer where they learn about change and need to learn how to kind of ebb and flow with whatever life throws at them. So that's something with with the summer is for. But I'm curious what you think their love languages are. I think all of their love languages are quality time. Like Mm -hmm. Carmen wants to spend time with her dad. Lena wants to spend time with Costas. And Timmy and Bailey form a friendship through spending time making a movie together. And Bridget literally goes off her way to chase her coach down. <laughs> Just my time with him. So I would say, I would say the quality time. But I'm curious what you think. So I kind of framed it as the theme of the movie because it is hard with all these characters. Mm-hmm. So I think the love language of the movie is a little bit of gift giving because the genes may not actually be magic, but they hold this power that gives the girls the boost they need to venture out of their own comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And so I think the gift for all of them was the genes coming into their life. And then mailing them back and forth is also just like a repeated cyclical gift to each other. And then I also think words of affirmation are important in this movie because they communicate through letters. And we see an important part of all their growth is learning how to communicate their feelings and learning how to be vulnerable with people outside their friend group, too. So they're really learning how to trust themselves and trust that people can listen to them and understand what they're saying. Yeah, absolutely. We love that. All right. So, okay. Not that there are too many couples in here, but do you think any of the couples last five years? So, based on the second movie, we know which couples move on to the next, and it's Costas and Lena, but not without any ups and downs and breakups of their own. And then also we get to see Tibby and Brian, Brian McBrian, the video game boy, mm-hmm. date in the second movie. And that does not come with a, without a lot of issues for them. And just a lot of conflict and uh yeah so i think the relationship that lasts here is the friendship and all the the other relationships can come and go but this bond remains for years because they're basically like they're just bonded forever and i love that it's just so special to me there's just nothing more special than friendship i agree i agree i do think these girls will be friends forever i think if you are able to form that kind of bond at that age where you know we are kind of selfish as teenage girls right like we just there's a lot that we are focused on 
And if you are able to be selfless enough to be there for your friends, I think that really forms a strong friendship. And I do think they'll be friends forever. So I love that. And like welcoming in growth into the friendship too. Like you need to accept that your friends are going to evolve and this won't be the same friendship. Like it won't look like what it looked like when you were 15, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that it's not any less special. It just means that it's a different area of life. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, guys, it's time for Heartthrob. Mercedes and I like to talk about who we are going to bring home with us. And I think we are actually on the same page here, Mercedes. Hell yes. 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 Are, we, are we both thinking Costas? Because Forever, just every say, day. <laughs> every yes. day. That man in a freaking turtleneck. What the What the hell? I are know. Are I he know. looks so fine. Like, so, and he's educated and he's so romantic and he has a smile that just brings tears to my eyes. I'm obsessed. I'm and obsessed. he's wise and he's like emotionally available. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, he had changed the lives of millions of young girls in 2005. <laughs> and even now when I watch, I'm like daydreaming about Costas. I'm like mm-hmm. running up to him, Costas, Costas. Yeah. Wait, and, oh my gosh. And I just, I want him to take me fishing and drive me yes. on his scooter and tell me about the moon. And I honestly, I would bet money that Santorini's tourism skyrocketed because of this man <laughs> in 2005. You think? Yes. Oh my gosh, I love that. That's so funny. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to play Mary Smooch Ghost. We have Costas, Eric, and Brian. Who would you marry? Who would you smooch? And who would you ghost? Obviously, I'm marrying Costas. Obviously. I'd kiss Brian McBrian because he's sweet. And then I'm ghosting Eric. Get out of here. I- oh, no. Okay. <laughs> yeah, definitely marry Costas um, in a heart. I-, I would actually be the one proposing. I'd be down one knee with a ring, be like, Begging him, please. Oh, God. Like with me. I would actually smooch Eric and ghost Brian just because I feel like we don't know a lot about Brian in this movie. So I would smooch Eric because I do also really like Mike Vogel, the actor who plays him. He's great. He's very, uh, he's actually a really great actor. But <laughs> I, yeah, and then I would, yeah, ghost, ghost Brian. But if this was a second movie, that'd be a different story. <laughs> yeah. The second movie, his abs, and the second one that like come out of nowhere. You're like, hello, in the dorm. You're like, what? I thought you played video games. What's going on? What is happening? We always love to bring in a pop culture moment. But I want to ask you first, Mercedes, of the four girls in their summer vacations, which one would you have wanted? Oh, my God. Obviously, I wanted to be Lena. I want to be Lena every day for the rest of my life. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) This goes along with my question. Which girl in this sisterhood are you? Hmm. I would say I am Tibby because I really like filmmaking. And also, too, I was that person like had to work over the summer in order to earn money. So I would say I am I am more like Tibby, but not in terms of like Tibby can be pessimistic a bit. Yeah. And I'm not I'm the least pessimistic person ever. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that is not necessarily similar to us, but just in terms of like her hobbies and what she does over the summer. I think we're similar in that regard. But what about you? Which sister? Well, you said you were Carmen. I'm, right? I'm such a Carmen. Yeah, you're such a Carmen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can see that. I can see that. You're like, I can see you being the glue that holds your friendship together. You know. Thank you. That's so sweet. <laughs> I'll have to ask my friends. <laughs> <laughs> I always say I'm like all the girls like have like relatable qualities, but like truly like no one is Bridget in high school or like growing up. Like all my friends were like, I want to be Bridget. I want to be Bridget. And it's like, girl, like none of us are Bridget. I'm telling you yeah. right now, none of us are Bridget. <laughs> thing that's a good thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> one of my favorite interviews is when ryan reynolds is on some late night show and he's talking about what it's like to have a kid it was like after they had their first kid and he goes 
I love my wife so much. But the second that our child was born, I knew that I would use my wife as a human shield to protect our baby. Yes. I just thought that was so funny and so cute. I love that Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds are like this cute couple and I hope they stay together forever. I know. They're very sweet. My other pop culture moment is this soundtrack. Mm. It's amazing. I listen to it all the time still. I could be in the worst mood and then you play in Unwritten for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy. I'm smiling. I'm twirling. I'm dancing. I bring up the hills like almost every episode. I feel like I love the hills. <laughs> and their their song is unwritten too. So like any time I hear it, I've probably heard it so many times because I've rewatched this and the hills so many times. Mm-hmm. But it's just like I think it's one of my favorite songs. Like oh, it just it just makes me so happy. It's good. It's a good one. It's a classic. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, we want to hear from you. What are your thoughts on this movie? Which friend are you in the friend group? Well, how would you spend your summer vacation? Are you a fan of Costas? Make sure to sign to our DMs at me cute. Again, I'm Kendra. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Ken10Hollywood. Yes, and I've been Mercedes. You can find me at MercedesGV11 on Twitter, IG, and TikTok. And if you're looking for new rom-coms, follow Meet Cute wherever you listen to podcasts and follow Meet Cute on socials everywhere. Bye, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye.